0: Dr. Joe Mott earned his PhD at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott.
1: In the preface of Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, he writes, If this book works as I intend, religious readers who open it will be atheists when they put it down. With this challenge, Dawkins makes a frontal attack on religion, declaring that when it comes to belief in God, only the atheist can claim the intellectual high ground of logic, science, and rationality. Belief in God, he argues, qualifies as a delusion. He defines delusion as a false belief held in the face of strong contradictory evidence. In other words, theists are not only irrational, but also delusional. Chapter four of The God Delusion, is entitled, Why There Almost Certainly Is No God. Dawkins' central argument basically ends with that statement as the conclusion. After discussing some common arguments for the existence of God in chapter 3, Dawkins concludes that the argument from design is the most convincing. The design argument is also called a teleological argument. Teleology is the philosophical doctrine that final causes, design, and purpose exist in nature. So if Dawkins can refute the most convincing argument, he would have achieved a major victory for atheism. However, we shall see that Dawkins' central argument is fallacious. Dawkins has been working on his central argument for some time. In 1986, he published The Blind Watchmaker. There he begins his book by stating, biology is the study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. Paul Davis, an English physicist, broadcaster, professor, an author of popular scientific writing, who is agnostic when it comes to the notion of a divine designer, readily stipulates everyone agrees that the universe looks as if it was designed for life. Sir Francis Crick, Nobel laureate and co-discoverer of the structure of DNA, agrees He writes, biologists must constantly keep in mind that what they see was not designed, but rather evolved. In The Blind Watchmaker, Dawkins explains how contemporary neo-Darwinian theory can explain the appearance of design in biological systems without invoking an actual designing intelligence. This appearance of design will come into play again in his central argument. Later, in books such as River Out of Eden, 1995, and The God Delusion, 2006, built on the argument he gave in The Blind Watchmaker to suggest that the absence of evidence for designing intelligence in the history of life rendered the God hypothesis unnecessary. In River Out of Eden, Dawkins writes, In a universe of electrons, selfish genes, blind physical forces, and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Others are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, no justice." The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. He adds, DNA neither cares nor knows, it just is and we dance to its music. The typical design argument for the existence of God goes something like this. Premise one, every design has a designer. Premise two, the universe manifests design. Three, therefore, the universe has a designer. All reasonable persons infer a designer who produced the presidential faces on Mount Rushmore, while the features of the Grand Canyon were produced by natural occurrences of wind and erosion. Design arguments usually differ in the evidence given to support premise two. William Paley used the complexity of a watch in his argument in Natural Theology in 1802. Haley thought that any rational observer would conclude that an intelligent agent had fashioned the watch. He argued every indication of contrivance, every manifestation of design, which existed in the watch, exists in the works of nature. The current version of the design argument for God uses the fine-tuning of the initial conditions for the universe from the beginning of time to support premise two. Fine-tuning in physics refers to the discovery that many constants of the universe fall within extremely narrow and improbable ranges that turn out to be absolutely necessary for complex forms of life or even complex chemistry to exist. Physicists now refer to the fortuitous values of these constants as anthropic coincidences from the Greek anthros for human and the fortunate convergence of all these coincidences as the anthropic fine-tuning of the universe. If any one of these constants were altered ever so slightly, complex chemistry and life simply would not exist. In my opinion, Dawkins' central argument is primarily attempting to refute this version of the design argument. He writes, Any god capable of designing a universe carefully and foresightfully tuned to lead our evolution must be supremely complex and improbable than the creation he is supposed to provide. Thus, the God hypothesis, Dawkins claims, is very close to being ruled out by the laws of probability. The phrase laws of probability occurs only twice in the God delusion once in the above paragraph, and the other is science fiction authors such as Daniel F. Galayi in Counterfeit World have even suggested that we live in a computer simulation set up by some vastly superior civilization. But the simulators themselves would have to come from somewhere. The laws of probability forbid all notions of their spontaneously appearing without simpler antecedents. What is my point here? Dawkins mentioning laws of probability only twice suggests that he never explains what probability law proves about anything, never quotes uh, probabilistic authority on any subject, nor makes any probability calculation of his own. We are left only with Dawkins' opinion. Opinions vary with the wind. This topic is too important to be backed by an opinion. It simply demands more evidence. Dawkins also asserts that the argument from improbability, properly deployed, comes close to proving that God does not exist. The word improbability occurs 40 times in the body and twice in the index of Dawkins' book, The God Delusion. Okay, what precisely is the argument from improbability? The only thing I can find enunciated is in chapter four, where Dawkins asserts, my name for the statistical demonstration that God almost certainly does not exist is the ultimate Boeing 747 gambit. Gambit is any maneuver by which one seeks to gain an advantage. I find repeated allusions of such statistical demonstrations but no actual demonstrations at all. The next question, what is the Boeing 747 gambit? According to the astrophysicist Fred Hoyle's analysis in The Intelligent Universe, the probability of cellular life's arising from non-living matter abiogenesis, biogenesis was one, In 10 to the 40,000th power, he commented, The chance that higher life forms might have emerged in this way is comparable to the chance that a tornado sweeping through a junkyard might assemble a Boeing 747 from the materials therein. Hoyle adds, Life as we know it is, among other things, dependent on at least 2,000 different enzymes. Then Hoyle asked this crucial question. How could the blind forces of the primal sea manage to put together the correct chemical elements to build enzymes? Hoyle argues that life could not have occurred like that on Earth. So he and N.C. Wickramasinghe proposed that the origin of life on Earth happened from pre-existing life in space in their 2000 book, Astronomical Origins of Life. So according to Hoyle's analysis, life on primordial Earth by spontaneous generation could not have happened. So since life is on Earth, it had to have been caused by something other than spontaneous generation. Hoyle and Wickramasinghe suggest that an intelligent somewhere within the universe might explain the origin of the first life on Earth. One of the discoverers of the structure of DNA, Francis Crick, and the evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins think that an extraterrestrial agent, rather than a transcendent God, seeded life on Earth by pre-existing life in space. This view is called transpermia, from the Greek pan for all and sperma for seed. But then, the question only moves back a single step, and we are still left in the dark, as to how life arose in space. How does Dawkins use the improbability of life on Earth to say that God almost certainly does not exist? Those two statements seem to be at cross purposes. He must have turned Hoyle's argument on its head, but how? According to Dawkins, the initial Boeing 747 argument's logic is self-defeating, as the theist must now account for God's existence and explain how the so-called creator was created. Again, the question, who made God, raises its silly, illogical head. Without giving any evidence, this is the fallback strategy, as if it overwhelms any contrary hypothesis. How can silly logic justify Turning Hoyle's argument on its head.
0: Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.